A sequel quest bonus episode interview on the Rocketeer. Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast that dares to imagine sequels to your favorite films and movie franchises. A journey into the realm of cinematic possibilities. With your hosts, Adam, Jeff, Justin, and Jeremy. Let the adventure begin now. Welcome, podcast adventurers, to this bonus episode of Sequel Quest. We hope you enjoyed our two-year anniversary Rocketeer sequel spectacular as we shared our plot ideas for a sequel to that 1991 film. Maybe could have been more appreciated in its time. It's got a cult following now. But for me as a child, it was a big deal. And the reason for that was our guest today. He's actually the father of one of my elementary school friends that I was hanging around with back in the day. And he had the most amazing Rocketeer memorabilia collection, collecting every bit of merchandise that existed at the time. So we get into that. We talk about comic book fandom in general, a little bit of his history there and how that bled over into my own obsession with comics throughout my life. And you'll want to stay tuned until the very end because he now has his own memorabilia collectible store where some of those items are for sale. So if you're looking for vintage Rocketeer merchandise, stay till the very end of this interview. So allow me to introduce you to Dan Fosek, affectionately known as Popper. Hello, Adam. Uh, Thank you so much for being on here with me. It's a pleasure. Dan was actually the father of one of my buddies, Chris, uh, from elementary school. And about 1990, 1991, we got to be friends. I was spending a lot of time at Chris's house. And all of a sudden, I started seeing all this comic book memorabilia, these collections that I myself had just gotten into comic books just a few years earlier. And from that point, we ended up going on all sorts of adventures in fandom where Dan was actually taking us to comic book stores to go to signings to meet creators and artists. So Dan, I'm curious for you, where did comic books enter your life? Probably junior high school when Marvel really took off in the silver age of comics, you know, the 10 cent price sticker era. I got into collecting uh, both DC and Marvel And we would go down to the drugstore faithfully every week and, you know, wait for the new issues to uh, come out. And we'd go to the comic shop and we really enjoyed, you know, reading them and trading them. And even back then, trying to keep them as pristine as we could. We also found a lot of comics secondhand in terrible condition. I remember one of my prize comics was an all winners from the 40s. That was the only golden age comic that I ever owned. And then they kind of got put away in the boxes. And my interest in comics next got revived at the point where my son Chris began to get interested in them. And that was more the era of, you know, Dark Horse and different uh, other companies that sprung up. And what, what, one um, other thing I wanted to mention that I thought was so interesting was I, I remember looking through, you know, your own collection. It was like out in the garage. I remember Chris taking me out there. He's like, yeah, this is, this is my dad's old comics. So again, from the 60s and things like that. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then one of the other things, too, is you lived in England for a few years, right? That's correct. And I remember Chris bringing these very large, like, magazine-sized comics out to show me. And he actually gave me one. I think we traded for something. But 
I still have it to this day, this Batman comic. I just remember just understanding that comics were an international thing. It really opened my eyes. But did you do much collecting yourself when you were in England? Did you see much of the comic boom over there? We ran into them at I guess what they would call a swap meet here. They, they call a car boot sale over there. You pull the cars up in the field and open the trunk or the boot of the car and set up the table. And so uh, we found a lot of original Star Wars figures and some of the toys over there and comics like the ones you mentioned. It's funny you mentioned those giant comics because Chris and his family were just here about a month ago and he expressed an interest in uh, digging out some of that. And I had it all somewhat accessible in the garage and we pulled out a lot of the uh, old uh, non-sports cards with the comic heroes. And we actually came across several of those giant comics at that time. They're still seeing the light of day. (laughs) That's great. Now, the other thing is, like you said, when you were going to all those shows, what was the most exciting part for you? Well, I think it was a combination of things. It was wanting to participate in Chris's interest. I really wanted to encourage his interest in art. At that time, he did a lot of experimentation with drawing comic book characters and things. And, you know, I wanted to encourage that and encourage his interest in the in the modern comics, but I was pleased that he was interested in a lot of uh, my old comics as well. So it was great for both of us. And one of the nice features of the shows at the Shrine is that they would have an invited guest, and that was really exciting. We saw Arnold Schwarzenegger there uh, promoting Last Action Hero. And he gave a talk oh, wow, and signed yeah. autograph. And going way back, almost before my time, Ray Harryhausen was there too, the master of stop motion animation. Sure, yeah. And we heard his talk about the early days of stop motion animation and uh, got his autograph. So it, it was all just really exciting. Now, getting into the, the topic of the episode proper, you know, the thing that I remember most is walking uh, into your up upstairs entertainment room one day when I came over to hang out with Chris and looking on top of this classic wood panel entertainment center there was what seemed to be a shrine to this character that I had only just become aware of wearing a gold helmet with a giant fin on it and a rocket pack this character the rocketeer and I remember it seemed like there was every bit of merchandise that was available as well as comics and everything else where did you become aware of the Rocketeer? Was it when the movie came out? Was it when the character was introduced around 1982? When, when did you really understand who the Rocketeer was? I think some of the comics were out that Dave Stevens did, which, you know, the movie was based on his comics. I think those were out a little bit before Chris and I uh, really went into it. So I think I became more aware of the Rocketeer through the promotions preceding the movie coming out. And that kind of sparked my interest to go and uh, locate some of the uh, original comics at comic shops. And I was able to find them in really pristine condition. And once I saw Dave Stevens' artwork, I got very interested, and I was really not aware of who Dave Stevens was, but once I saw examples of all the beautiful uh, cover art that he had done, I became a big fan of his, so I think it was sort of 50-50 between interest in the Rocketeer and just general interest in Dave Stevens' artwork, and I actually have quite a number of back issues of comics with Dave Stevens' covers, so those were the the two areas that I was starting to collect in. Yeah, like I say, I I remember how striking those images were, and they just stood out to me. And then the thing that I think is interesting is what pop culture was influencing Dave Stevens to create The Rocketeer, because I've always loved old cinema, but especially old, like, sci-fi and fantasy and things like that. 
And I remember going to the local library and I would rent the VHS tapes of the old black and white serials like Captain Marvel. And then the other one was Commando Cody, you know, of, like Rocketman on the moon or whatever, who bears a striking resemblance to the Rocketeer with the metal helmet and a rocket pack and flight jacket. So I'm, I'm almost certain that's where Dave Stevens got it. He's mentioned in interviews. But were you familiar with that particular serial at all? I don't think I was. You know, I, I think when a lot of those serials, cliffhanger, things like that. When those were around, that was kind of a little before I was going to the movies regularly. So my exposure to those was they used to have these Saturday film festivals. You'd pay like a dollar and you'd see 10 or 12 Warner Brothers cartoons. And then they would do a whole series of those, you know, black and white serials along with the cartoons. So, so that was my first exposure to that. It was sort of secondhand. Yeah, no, definitely. On a Saturday afternoon or whatever, go to the movies and, and enjoy all that. So now, obviously, you were very taken by the artwork and it certainly was worth, you know, anybody's attention. But as far as collecting the merchandise, I actually felt as a kid there wasn't enough Rocketeer merchandise like I wanted an action figure line I wanted all that there were like figurines of varying sizes but nothing fully articulated I remember specifically one of the other things you had was a whole box of Rocketeer candy that were these little hollow Rocketeer helmet heads and they were filled with candy but is there a particular piece of the merchandise from back then that you recall fondly or you recall finding and thinking oh this is pretty neat that Disney put this out yeah well I think some of the things I had that were a little more unusual a lot of it was just merchandise that I collected was just produced for sale in the toy stores and video stores and so forth but uh, at one point I had a Rocketeer stand-up advertisement from the video store I was able to buy one of those after the movie went by so that was one of the more unique items another one was I had a couple of counter displays I think they were probably for some of the applause things like the little figures you mentioned mm-hmm. the, there was a, a million different kinds of rocketeer keychains so i had some of the original counter displays that were not produced to be sold they were just to be uh, used in the retail setting for selling the merchandise so i had a few things like that that were pretty unique and the other thing that really is a standout in my mind and probably one of the best things i've actually done some downsizing in, in various collections and the some of this uh, items have been sold, but I was able to purchase five of the good quality Disney limited edition Rocketeer watches, and they had a plastic dial sweep secondhand so that the secondhand was the Rocketeer flying in an arc around the dial. Oh, wow. And uh, those were very collectible. That was probably one of the better items. But anything from, uh, I had paper goods like birthday party, you know, tablecloth napkins and plates with the Rocketeer that I had, uh, all manner of uh, activity books, quite a number of things. But I agree with what you said. I was a little disappointed they never did do the 12-inch, the G.I. Joe type, you know, like the Hasbro figures of the Rocketeer. That one never did get done. Yeah, and for me, you know, because another film that came out just a few years later in a very similar vein, in fact, the character appears in Rocketeer comics uh, in a certain version, was The Shadow with Alec Baldwin. And I was a huge fan of that film when it came out. And I'm literally right now, it's right in front of me. I have every single action figure from that collection, the board game, the novelizations. Like, I have a shadow wall. And I would just as much love to have a Rocketeer wall, but I feel like they didn't give me enough to do that with. So I'm curious to know when you actually saw the film, because like you said, this was all purchased kind of leading into the film the hype of what they were promoting what did you think once you saw it is it a film that you enjoyed and have continued to enjoy 
Yeah, I've probably watched that movie 20 times. I love the movie. I, I just thought the production values were great. The Nazi uh, movies of the... Oh, yeah, uh, the animated You know, secrets. the flying men and everything. It, I mean, it was just this really classic, uh, even though it was Nazis. I mean, just the, the look of all the Art Deco, not only in that, but in the entire movie, really captured the look of the Deco era. And I thought the acting was good. Um, and I'll just mention, for me, I have the movie adaptation a comic book so the you know the comic that's based on the movie not the comic which the movie was based on and on the cover of it it has that moment it's very brief in the film but it's it's towards the climax just before he's taking off after the airship to fight Sinclair and he's just put on his helmet and he's got his pistol raised and the American flag is behind him and a searchlight comes by and he just kind of turns in this dramatic pose and for me that's like the moment I'm like oh he's never looked cooler than that and they and the cover of the comic adaptation i have is that you know illustration of that moment that is a great one and i was always very very disappointed that it didn't get a better critical uh, reception and i I just don't understand uh, why that was yeah it's it's one of those things where you just feel like i guess you know it just didn't hit at the right time you know and sometimes it is a matter of timing you know we had batman and batman returns is just around the corner so you would think okay we're kind of in the era of comic book movies making a comeback the good news is you know while on our show we've said okay what could we do to create a sequel to this film that we really feel also deserved it they actually have announced that they are rebooting the rocketeer franchise kind of a reboot sequel i don't know if you've heard about this i'm not but i'm really pleased to hear that and i'll look forward to it i was gonna say reignite the fandom again because the basic premise is that it's taking place right in the midst of world war ii and there's an african-american female pilot who is is tasked with going to find Cliff Secord, who went missing behind enemy lines as the Rocketeer. And she becomes the new Rocketeer with like a team and they're called the Rocketeers. Like that's basically what they've released at this point. That sounds like a wonderful premise. I'll, I'll really look forward to hearing more about that, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to mention real quick that, you know, I read the Phantom all the time in the newspaper comics, you know, and so I was very pleased to see that movie come out and same thing. I think it captured that era very well, and uh, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that movie also. Yeah, Billy Zane was pretty amazing as the Phantom. I mean, he, he was. He fit it. And that's what I'm saying. It was it was exciting to see that at that time, all those pulp and comic heroes of that era, the 30s and the 40s, really getting their due. And you think of who they inspired. You know, it's sad that they would be forgotten when you think that, you know, for example, you know, like the, the Phantom certainly was one of those, okay, a costume hero in tights well he was a he was a a prototype for that absolutely you know or the shadow you know when the shadow came out i mean batman is like 75 percent the shadow you know just in a different costume oh we yeah chris and i got the reboot of the uh shadow comics but we also had the radio plays and we would play them in the car when we go on trips and things like that i always did love the shadow i was of an age when the radio shows were before my time but got to hear them when they got all reprinted and things like that. So the last question that I would have, you said you downsized your collection, but have you managed to hang on to a few of your bits of memorabilia? Yeah, I actually, I, I sort of anticipated I might get that question. So I was kind of thinking about what I had. We have an antique and collectible business we sell on eBay. So I was just looking, we've got three listings on there right now. There's the Rocketeer movie storybook, which is a fairly common item. 
I've got one of the, not the collectible watches, but more of the kids plastic version of the Rocketeer watch. And the one thing that's a little more unique that I still have is 16 movie magazines back from that era. You're being a movie buff, you're probably familiar with uh, things like comic scene, comic spectacular, right. Cinefax, yeah. and Fantastic. So it's all in one lot, about 13 of those plus three other items that feature articles on the Rocketeer, a lot of them with them on the cover. So I still have that. And the other thing that I have a lot of is I have some of the uh, original Dave Stevens Rocketeer comics, and then all also quite a variety of comics that have the Dave Stevens covers on them. Great. It's too bad you don't have that standy anymore because I feel like those are the things that back in the 80s and 90s, if you got in good with the video stores, you could take those, you know, eventually or buy them. And they're like, yeah, sure, we don't care. But nowadays the studios, I think, yank those back. Like those uh, are right. not left around. So that that was pretty awesome you had that for a time. Well, thank you again for, for taking the time. It was great to hear about someone who was in that scene collecting got to really be involved at a time when the, when the hype was around there. And at the same time, you're discovering artwork and a, an illustrator who really was very talented. And so again, thanks for being a, a part of the show. And I wanted to ask you, knowing that you're in the antiques and collectibles business and for fans of the Rocketeer listing right now, I'm sure they want to see those listings. What is the name of your eBay store? <laughs> I wasn't expecting a plug, but I, I would be happy to share that information. Our store is called Penny Whistle antiques p-e-n-n-y-w-h-i-s-t-l-e but the easiest way to find it is if you do the advanced search our user id is popper 77 p-o-p-p-e-r 77 and popper is my nickname i got popping popcorn in college so <laughs> that just kind of stuck and that's what i used when i registered on ebay so P-O-P-P-E-R-7-7. I believe there's three Rocketeer listings that we have available at the moment. Yeah, and if there's anything else you want to add on, you never know. Might get a little more business with a, a push from Sequel Quest. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep an eye out. Again, thank you so much for being with us, and all the best in the collectibles business. Well, thank you so much, Adam, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you again sometime in the future. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for checking out this bonus episode of Sequel Quest. And as you heard at the end there, a lot of this vintage Rocketeer merchandise is up for grabs. Maybe you're a collector. Maybe you're a big Rocketeer fan and that's how you found us. Well, now's your chance to get an exclusive discount offered only to Sequel Quest listeners. All you have to do, go on eBay, do that advanced search for the Popper 77 username, Find Dan's store, search for those Rocketeer items, and when you find the one that you want, just send him a message letting him know that you found out about it on Sequel Quest, and he will hook you up with a very nice discount exclusive to you. So again, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. We thank you for joining us for this episode of Sequel Quest. We hope you'll return next time when we discuss another film that never was. For more made-up movie fun, visit SequelQuestPod.com to see the schedule of films to be discussed in upcoming episodes, fan art submissions, and more. Follow us on Twitter at SQPod and share your ideas on our Facebook page. The films and characters discussed on SequelQuestPod are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended. <laughs>